go. And I come here today with a, with a burden and a message as God has touched many people as He does when we reach out and worship Him. You've you heard last Sunday our vision for 2022 and even this morning, and you'll continue to hear it, which is called and how all are called. Amen. You may be seated for just a moment. Now, while some of you are here today, you may not know what being called looks like for you, your family, or your life. You understand the very scriptural principle of what it means to be called and how all are called. Amen. You are yearning for something more, and I declare that over your life right now, that you will understand that calling in due time. But the question I have today is, will you walk in it? Will you walk in it? And that is the question that I want to preach today. Will you walk in it? There are some specific things that I do want to cover for the next few moments, and I believe at the end of today that you will leave with a greater yearning for understanding of your God-given calling. Before I go any further, turn with me to the book of Proverbs, chapter 16. You can stand with me if you choose to. And I want to read, starting with verse number 16. Proverbs 16, starting with verse 16. It says, How much better is it to get wisdom than gold, and to get understanding rather to be chosen than silver? The highway of the upright is to depart from evil. He that keepeth his way preserveth his soul. Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better it is to be of an humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. He that handleth the matter wisely shall find good, and whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. The wise in, his heart, the wise in heart shall be called prudent, and the sweetness of the lips increaseth understanding. Understanding is a wellspring of life unto him that hath it, but the instructions of fools is folly. And as you are closing your Bibles and taking your seats once again, let's pray together for the remainder of today's service. Jesus, you are awesome in this place. You are holy. You are righteous. God, I pray for each and every person that's here today, whether they're joining us here or they're joining us online, Lord, that they would be hearers of your word and also doers of your word. Lord, help me to be nothing more and nothing less than a vessel for you, Lord Jesus. We cry out to you. We reach out to you, O oh God. You've touched many people in this place already, and thank you for the understanding that you're given us to walk in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, throughout the book of Proverbs, we see statements about wisdom and understanding. So to pick just one for today was seemingly difficult, although God ordained. And if I would have had more time, uh, we would have touched on every wisdom statement throughout Proverbs, but I know that time may be of the essence. Excuse me. To sort of set the stage for the remainder of our time, I want to talk about Verse 16, where we read again, how much better is it to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding rather to be chosen than silver? Now, wisdom here is defined as something of inestimable worth. What does that mean? It's something that can't be bought for it is worth far more. It is something that all the money in the world could not buy for yet it is greater. The wisdom that has so much worth that any try or way to explain it fully would not do it justice. 
It is wisdom that is from above and also that which can be provided to you and to me. How is wisdom better than gold? It's better in its origin, for wisdom comes from God, whereas gold comes from the earth. I know, I know, well, God created the earth, but, th- but there's more. Wisdom is also better in nature. Wisdom from above is pure and undefiled, while even some of the most refined gold still contains some dross. Gold is affected by the elements around it and may even have to be left behind somewhere, but a wise man takes wisdom with him wherever he may go. The second question that is raised then is, how do wisdom and understanding go hand in hand with one another, and why are they compounded into this same verse? Wisdom is the knowledge and preference of the best and worthiest end. Understanding is the apprehension and employment of that which means, which, excuse me, of the means which shall be most effectual for attaining it. Now, furthermore, the habitual avoidance and resistance of all known sin is a sure test of spiritual wisdom and spiritual understanding. In other words, wisdom is a good thing to have if it's from above. And understanding is taking that wisdom and applying that to our daily lives and our relationships with Him. Wisdom is the know-how on how to, and understanding is taking the action to do it. To which I come to you today and ask you again, will you walk in it? In this first Sunday of 2022, I implore you, implore you to do just that. Walk in it. Walk in it. Paul writes to the Colossians in chapter 1, verse 9, saying, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Where are your desires, church? Are they in mere earthen vessels, or are they pointing to the heavens? Are they in mere earthen vessels? Are you worried about what's going on around you, or are you pointing yourselves up to heaven right now? Jesus, help us. Paul puts it ever so plainly, the very essentiality of being filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So you can do what? You can walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. And where does that begin? If we look at Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, we read, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. So again, it starts with wisdom and flows into understanding. Again, it starts with wisdom and flows into understanding. I've often thought of wisdom and how sometimes it comes through an experience both from our own experience and or from others who we hear from, right? 
we, we learn from others and their experience, right? And in turn, we may have wisdom, and, and sometimes it comes from that. It can come from a situation that you're facing, which you have not faced before. Church, the enemy wants to distract you from your very purpose. The enemy may set traps around you, but fear not, for you can declare right now what we read in Micah 7, 8. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. And from this same passage, I do want you to notice this, church. Put that scripture back up there for me, Micah 7, 8. It says, rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. It doesn't say if I fall. It says when I fall. Now, some of you may be thinking, oh, I've heard this before, brother. Move on. I don't need to hear about it again. Well, I'm going to talk about it a little bit more if that's all right. But the prophet writes it in such a way, he writes this in such a way as to say, you will do yourself some good if you prepare for it now rather than wait for when it actually happens. Not saying that it will happen. And church, it may happen, it may not happen, but we've got to prepare ourselves to do that. And the Lord impressed upon me so heavily that some of us, and I'll get back to this in just a minute, but some of us think we're just so up here that I'm never going to fall. I'm never going to be able to, you know, fall back down. I'm never going to have to get back up again. Now, be careful of that. And I'll get back to that in just a little bit. You may have fallen. You may have fallen right now. You may be in this very place in a fallen nature. But go ahead and put the enemy in his place because you shall arise. That rising process can take some time. There is no real scientific table to tell how long it will take each of us. Each of us is different in this room. We're all at different places in our walks with God. Amen? About a month or so ago, after hearing about how my sister-in-law was making everything sourdough, from bread to crackers to rolls, etc., I got a wild hair to try it myself. Now, I know I don't have a whole lot of hairs on this head, but I did have a wild hair to, to go and make something myself. This type of bread is one that I really always loved and enjoyed. My, gran my grandma used to make it all the time. In fact, Tim, when we had breakfast together the other morning, I was a bit disappointed that they didn't have it, as were you, right? Because sourdough bread is just so good. So to start this bread-making process, I tried to make some of what they call starter. Anybody know what starter is? Good. I, I had a feeling. I had a feeling. The, the thing with this starter is that you have to feed it, and if it's, it's got to be stored in the right place. It's got to be stored at the right temperature. It can't be too humid. It can't be too dry because all of these things will play a factor in this starter-making process. I was gifted some starter from Brittany so I could get a decent start and didn't have to completely start from scratch. Thank you, Brittany. So I fed the starter for a few days, which is a process in and of itself, until the day I decided I would turn it into bread. I added the parts of water and flour into the starter, and before I knew it, I had a dough ball. Oh, boy. We're making progress, right? And what, the, and what was the next step after making this dough? Let it rise. For how long? I think the recipe I was following said something like eight hours. 
I'm thinking, what am I going to do for eight hours? I think it was on a Saturday, and we were getting ready to go to the Children's Museum or something. And so my wife, bless her heart, she was questioning, so are you supposed to watch this the whole time, or can we go do something? So what did I do? I set like an eight-hour timer on my phone so I wouldn't forget, because I do forget some things. Right, Debbie? So anyways, I set, an, I set a timer for, for eight hours, and, and I waited. I waited for that eight hours, and we went and did some things and came back. And after that eight hours was up, I checked on the dough, and being the novice that I was, and still am, I thought it would be fine. It looked fine to me. Yeah, it looks like it's risen a little bit, right? So I followed the next steps, baked it, and then it was time to try it. Oh, I was so excited. The house was filled with the smell of sourdough, which is a good thing, right? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just looking at my wife because I know that we had some differing views on that. Um, so after letting it cool, after putting it in the oven, letting it cool, I cut a piece and I tried it. And to my surprise, I'm pretty sure it didn't turn out correctly. The taste, the texture, even the smell was a little off. But I ate it anyway. I was going to be proud of that very moment. Now, I, I, I grinned, and I, and I ate it for a few days, cutting it into pieces and putting butter on it and trying to fit it in the toaster, which it didn't fit. And I never really finished the loaf. So somewhere in the process, I seemingly messed up. And the end result was not what it would have been had I been paying closer attention throughout the process. I liken that to when a person falls, church. And when they rise again, the process can take much time. If one tries to hurry that process along, they may miss a step along the way. Now, that is not to say that we can be completely foolproof during the rising process, because as I just made mention, I messed up somewhere along in the process, and the end result was not what it, could have, what it should have been. To think that we can't mess up during the process is foolish thinking. But if we surround ourselves with this wisdom and understanding that comes from the Word, we can better combat the attacks that come our way. Church, the enemy may be trying to destroy you, trying to distract you, but the enemy can't keep you down. When Jesus bid Peter to step out of the boat and walk toward him, Peter may have been thinking, who, me? Okay, I'll do it. The other disciples who were with him may have been thinking or saying, Pete, you're crazy. The waters are very troubling right now. The storms are raging. The wind's blowing really, really hard, and I don't think you should do that. But Peter steps out anyway in faith. The others look upon him in somewhat sheer astonishment as Peter walks on the water. In the past week or so, you have seen, heard, and read about the Church of Omaha being in a shift and not just another season. In this shift, faith in God will be increased, but the testing of faith will also increase. In this shift, trust in God will be increased, but the testing of your faith will also increase. In this shift, hope will increase, but also an increased opportunity for hope. Your perspective of this shift will determine your outcome of this shift. Let me say that again. Your perspective of this shift will determine your outcome 
in this shift. Now, whether you're on the boat or you're getting ready to step out of the boat, God has this church in a shift. And we are in this shift together. Some may say we're in this ship together, this boat together. If you see someone stepping out of the boat, rather than doubting why they're stepping, encourage them to keep going. For those who have stepped out of the boat already, rather than looking back with disparaging eyes and comments, encourage those still in the boat to step out. Provoke one another to good works. These works that come from the wisdom of God. These works that come from above. Amen? And because you have already stepped out of the boat, your experience to get to that point will help others that have yet to. So you can encourage one another to go deeper. Deep cries out to deep. Amen. And so, church, as we come to a close today and the praise team makes their way up here, please, I ask again, will you walk in it? Will you walk in it? Will you walk in the wisdom and understanding that is from above? Will you walk into this shift that we are experiencing with a desire for more? Will you walk into this shift preparing for anything that may come your way? Will you walk in it? Church, I've felt this whole morning and last night and into the days preparing for this that there is deliverance in this house today. There is deliverance in this house today. And like Peter, who rather than turning back and reaching to the boat for safety, Peter reached out to Jesus. And I feel so heavy that that's really just what we need to do today in closing. We just need to reach out to Jesus. Stand with me all over this place. These altars are open. If you've already stepped out in faith, be careful not to think too highly, but to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Church, if you begin to fall, reach out to Jesus. Reach out to Jesus like Peter did as he began to sink in the water, and he will deliver you. Come on, let's reach out to him right now. Come on, if you want to be used by... Everyone in this place is going to be used by God in one way, shape, or form. We're all called, but we've got to walk in it. And he is desiring that you walk in it today. And what I want to do, church, all over this place again, and you can come to these altars if you so choose. They are open and be delivered. Whatever setback you may be facing, Whatever situation you may have yourself in right now, go ahead, reach your hands up right now all over this place and reach out to Jesus. Go ahead and pray out to him right now. Give him your needs. Tell him your needs. Tell him your worries. Tell him your concerns. Tell him your doubts. <laughs> Tell him anything and everything. Say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need more of you. I want to be used by you. I know you have called me to something greater and whatever extent that may be in my life, Lord, help me to walk in it. Help me to walk in it, Lord, because I want to walk with you. Hallelujah.